0: We are going through the Gospel of Mark as a church family, and you'll notice that on the notes uh, that you received inside the bulletin. And in three years, I don't think I've ever done this, but I'm not going to share with you my prepared sermon, um, and here's why. Um, we had a men's conference this last week, and how many of you men were there? Okay. And during that time, uh, Friday night was wonderful. Pastor Keith preached, and it was powerful. And then Pastor John, one of my best friends, came and shared a word. And uh, I believe the Holy Spirit poured out His power and His presence on Saturday morning in a way that was just a a fresh touch. There was a fresh fire here on Saturday. How many of you men were here, and you'd say amen to that? There was a fresh touch, and um, I had a choice to make. Uh, There was a word that the Lord gave me in, I believe it was September of 2019. If I look back, I, th- I thought it was October, but I believe it was September. And isn't it interesting, it's three years later now, but September of 2019, the Lord said this to me, if you build an altar, I will send the fire. Now for Pentecostals, you know what that means. If, you're, if you don't resonate with that, you know, perhaps you just need a reminder that fire in the Bible is usually a metaphor for the presence of God the tangible presence of God, representative of the Holy Spirit. And we see that in the book of Acts. We see that in the Exodus. We see the fire of God is His, pres- His manifest presence. And uh, the Israelites followed uh, the fire by night, the cloud by day, The men and women in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, it said that a fire rested on them when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And so I knew that when the Lord said, if you build an altar, which to me meant if we position ourselves in prayer, if we begin to cry out for God to do what only God can do, that he would send a heavenly flame. And um, I'm looking around this room today, and I have to tell you something. I believe that you need God more than you think you do. And I'm not saying that to patronize you. I'm just saying, I believe that you need God more than you think you did when you walked in here today. I know you do. And it may not just be for you to feel something from God, to know that he's real, but you've got situations in your life, whether you are thinking about them this morning or not, that you need God to touch you and you need God to touch people around you and you and I can't do anything about it. Except... That we surrender our lives to God, and so when we gather today, I, I wanted to just highlight the fact that God is doing something special. And I, I'm just, I'm, uh, we are a church that teaches the Word unashamedly, and we're going to keep doing that. That's not going to change. But sometimes I just think it's appropriate to recognize the work of the Spirit in our midst, and especially if you were not here on Friday and Saturday, I had this. Either I put out the fire and I basically just uh, prepare for the next group of people that were coming in, or I just let the fire burn on the altar and welcome in all of the other men and women and kids and say, hey, let's just be warmed by what God is doing. And I want to highlight the fact that He is doing something. I, um, in 2019, I started watching a lot of Pastor Steve Shell's messages. So if you're new to the church within the last three years, you've heard who Pastor Steve is. Him and Mary were here for 30 years, and we We honor them and their sacrifice, and he was an excellent theologian teacher. And so I started, I hadn't been to the church before when I came to be the pastor, and so I was like, I might as well listen to a lot of messages that might help me appreciate and understand what many of you do. And so I probably listened to about 100 messages of Pastor Steve's. And you know something that maybe you forgot that I picked up on when I did listen to his messages is that he talked about revival a lot. Do you remember that? He talked about revival a lot. He longed for it. He prayed for it. He asked God for it. He told you about it. He said that it was something that God was going to do, that the hour was dark, but that God's light is shining bright. I hope you know what he meant, though. I pray that we know what he meant. What he was talking about is God's people waking up. He was talking about God's people being the type of Christians that that the book talks about. And as I was listening to Pastor Steve, something started to well up inside of me, and I was like, yes, yes, this is exactly what I was born for. I was born for this, and you were too. Here we are, and three years later, after this word came to me, we went through COVID, and that was terrible, you know, that was, but God taught us some wonderful things, I think, in that time. And I fast forward to this weekend, Friday night was awesome. And, uh, and I went home, and I couldn't really sleep. Um, and Saturday morning, I woke up, and I came here early to pray, and honestly, I just started like trembling. And I'm not a touchy-feely kind of Pentecostal. I'm more of like a left-brained Pentecostal that God gave a prophetic gift to to just kind of trick me. <laughs> it's not theologi- theologically correct the way I said that, but because I'm left brain and linear he had to like here I'm going to give you a prophetic gift to mess you up you know it was just awesome he's <laughs> like ah oh. so i came here and i just started like and i still have that happening to me today i'm not the guy that comes into the church service and go did you feel that i go no nah, that's just the ac kicked on you're <laughs> you're fine you know i don't i don't get a lot of that you know and but i started trembling saturday morning and we went into the service and we were praying before the service, and worship was awesome, and, and then my my friend Pastor John started talking about how he went to a meeting recently, a conference about four weeks ago, and him and I had been talking about it, and he had a man named Randy Clark pray for him. Um, I don't know if you know who Randy Clark is, but back when I used to speak at conferences, I actually spoke at a conference where he was the night speaker and I was the glorious day speaker, you know. And I had dinner with Randy Clark, and he's seen revival all over the, all over the world. Controversial to some, but I met with him, and, and he was really a great theologian, actually. He was incredibly sane and safe, and I don't know what the controversy was about, but anyhow... Um, My friend John had Randy pray for him at this conference, and and he said he came under the power of God, and he was just on the ground for like an hour. And my friend John doesn't do that. He doesn't take courtesy dives. He doesn't just fall on the ground, you know, like some of these YouTube videos try to clip the Pentecostal weirdos. It's like my friend is a very sane, theologically-minded, biblically-grounded, gospel-preaching man of God. I mean, more so than most people that I know. He really is that kind of person. And when he gets prayer, if God touches him, you'll know Otherwise, he's just going to go home with his four kids, okay? And so he said, "Ben, I encountered the presence of God. I was desperate, and the Lord touched me." And I said, "Dude, pray for me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too proud. Pray for me." And he did. And um, and then when he came, he told the story. And uh, while he was telling the story about how God touched him, you know, I was I was trembling in God's presence. I. I can't explain it, but I remembered seven years ago, I met with Randy Clark, and he prayed for me, and nothing happened. You know, like zip. It was sterile as a hospital room, you know. It just was nothing, and he prayed, laid hands on me, and said, Lord, let the fire come on him, and like, I felt nothing, you know. no, Not even one goosebump kind of popped out, you know, and um, and God is done that with me. I went to Reinhard Bonnke's Fire School of Evangelism. Me and Pastor John did. There was a hundred of us. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Reinhard Bonnke. If you don't know Reinhard Bonnke's ministry with CFAN, they've left 70 million people to Christ. It's a significant experience to have been able to sit with uh, this man of God who had gone through cancer and at the end of his life, the Holy Spirit said to me, and I, I remember this, and I will definitively say, I heard his voice, I want you to go to this fire school of evangelism. It is the last one he will do. And it was the last one he did. And so it was a lot of money, and it was a lot of time, and me and John got a lot of kids and, we, it, and a life, and we just cut loose, and we went to this thing in Orlando, Florida, where you can't breathe. She uh, just don't like Orlando. Um, and we went there, and I, I, I sat in the back row and uh, took notes, and I fasted the entire week. I'm telling you that because I just want you to know me better. I, I fasted the entire week. I was desperate for God. It's like, Lord, I want you to show up in my life. I don't, I don't need goosebumps. I don't need frills and gimmicks. I believe in you. I'm going to preach the gospel no matter what happens to me in my life, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry, God. I'm asking that you meet me. So I fasted the whole week. I postured myself as much as I could to just receive whatever God wanted to do. I didn't, I don't want to fall. I don't want to flop. I don't want to be weird. I just want what you have. Like, I'm hungry. So I fasted the whole week. I was so hungry. We had, that you had to pay for the dinner and I didn't eat it. You know, it was so weird. Like, why aren't you eating? And I just want God. (laughs) Just And... um. And then at the end, they, they lay hands on all their graduates, and so there's all these great men and women of God. There's a couple people that were from different nations of Africa and other places, and they're, they're like laying hands on all of us, and, and they're like, fire of God, touch them, you know, they're like yelling and all this stuff, and, and there's these people, and they're all like falling out, like everybody's hitting the floor, and then and I get up there, and like uh, Reinhard Bonnke just puts his hands on me, he goes, I pray for the fire of God, and I was like, yes, and I felt nothing and nothing happened. And I just kept walking. It's like. <laughs> and then everybody else prayed for me. And like, I don't know if you relate to me, like if you're that person, but I'm that person, you know, like nothing happened. you know. And I'm walking down this long hall and, and God arrested my heart. I was by myself in this dark hall. All, all I could see was a, a light at the end of the hall. And God just arrested my heart, and I couldn't move. I just stopped right there, and I had this open vision. I won't go into it, but I've had a couple of these in my life. I had an open vision, like I could physically see things that I won't talk about. But, um, and it dramatically, enc- I mean, it was a dramatic encounter with God. I fell to my knees. I barely got my way back to the TV studio where we were sitting. And what God gave me that day was a hunger. He gave me a, a, a hunger for God, for him. Like, I wasn't bored with the Bible. I was open to the Word of God, and I, I just couldn't get enough. You know, I wanted to read it. You know what I mean? I wanted to read the Bible. Like, I didn't have to read it by the Bible. I couldn't wait to read the Bible. Even the strange parts, you know, the weird parts. Like, you're like, wow, that's Ezekiel is a weird guy. Wow. Lamentations. He was really sad. Jeremiah, wow. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't wait to read the Bible. I wanted to pray. It was no chore. It was, it, I was, it was like getting saved again. It was like falling in love with Jesus again. I, I got baptized with his love. And there was a, just a holy hunger that drew me to God, and I, I was in love with him, you know, and, and, and I came back home, and my wife was like, so what happened? I go, how do I articulate this to you? I remember trying to preach that week, and I, I didn't know how, and I've had these spurts in my life where the Lord has revived me, you know, and... Saturday morning, John we prayed, we had many come to the altar and it was so powerful. And I told John, Would you I prayed for John and John prayed for me and when he prayed for me I didn't I didn't have any feelings or anything, but I had this wave of remembrance. I remembered all the things that God had done in my life that I forgot about. And it was at that moment I remembered what revival actually is. Friends, revival is an acknowledgement of what God has done in our past to stir up faith for what God is going to do in the future for us and for everyone around us. He wants to remind us a wave of things that God has done. I, I started remembering when we started our ministry years ago. I forgot about all this stuff. And many of you, because when I came here, I took on the mantle that was set before me, and I didn't fully get to be myself. And so I'm not like coming out today. But anyhow, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things you don't know. But we started a ministry, and we had 10 people, hungry people, gathered in our living room. And that became like 400 at some point. And we had people coming from all over the place. And I led Satanists to the Lord, psychics to the Lord. They just showed up, you know. They show up to curse you and then they end up getting saved, you know. And I had so many Christians tell me, and I'm not kidding, I want you to hear me say this. I had so many Christians literally tell me, You can't preach the way you do. You can't talk about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and prophecy. You can't talk about Jesus so passionately. You can't yell like you. You can't do that. If you do that, every person that's not a believer will leave. And you know what I found? I found the exact opposite was true. I found that people were scared. People were worried, if I bring my friend or my family member, you're going to freak them right out of our church. And you know what I realized? People want something that's real. They don't need our religious tendencies. They don't. What they need is a real God who touched your life and he touched mine. And they want to hear about that. It might be weird and it might be strange. It might make them feel a certain way. And it might provoke you and I a little bit too. But that's the thing about God. You don't get to control him. We don't get to control him. We just ask for him to do what he wants. And so I had this hunger, and, and John prayed for me, and I remembered. And I just, I went home, and I, I tried to eat, and I couldn't eat on Saturday. Yesterday, I, I didn't even want to fast. Like, I don't like fasting, you know. I don't skip meals on accident. It just doesn't happen. I at least throw a few crackers in there. You understand. A couple, couple pieces of fruit. or I know it's awkward. I'm just talking up here like this, but um, God wants to stir our hearts and give us a fresh hunger that only he can satisfy. The Bible says this in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. I want to say it again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are the ones that are going to get filled. Are you hungry for God today? More for God than anything else in your life. I want you to be. I I prophesy that over you, that you're hungry for God, more hungry for God than anything. That he would remind us of who he is, that he would remind us of what he's done, that he would remind us of what he can do. And he wants to start with us. He wants to start with you. We're calling forth these prodigals, people that have walked away from the Lord. God is calling you first. He's calling me first. Come to me, turn to me with all of your heart, all of your heart, not some of your heart, but all of your heart. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. You know what the enemy of hunger is? It's being full. That's the enemy. It's being full. It's being a know-it-all. It's being a have-it-all. I'm good. I told this story before, but it's worth repeating. Um. I'm just going to go to prayer here in a few minutes in case you're wondering what I'm about to do. I didn't come for less than that, that's what that's what we're going to do. If you're a guest, I'm not sorry, but you have to know that we preach through the Bible every week, and this is, this is not normal, okay? You don't know how abnormal this is. Thank you. I needed some help. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Bridget and I, we made the painful decision when we got married to attend both Thanksgivings, her parents, my parents. Now, I know some of you that are older than us will shake your head. Just hold, hold the shame but we we started doing that and so i would go we'd go to my parents and then i would fill up on thanksgiving food and then we would get to her parents house and her mom's a great cook and she would cook this incredible spread and all of that and she would be like are you hungry and and try to people would try to put plates together i'm like i can't eat i'm i'm full and it was almost like they were just discouraged because they had made all of this food and it was so amazing and i had already eaten so there was i had no capacity left i had nothing here i can't eat more because i'm full. Full. It didn't matter how good the food was. It didn't matter how long they took preparing it. None of that mattered. It didn't matter if it was better food than what I had just eaten. I just couldn't eat anymore because I was full. And you know, the same is true in our spiritual life. If we're full of other things, then we're not hungry for God. And sometimes we just have to recognize that we lack a hunger that only God can give. And when we have a hunger that God gives, he's the one that has to satisfy it. Nothing else will. Jesus told the woman at the well, I'll give you water that you don't know anything about. You're drinking from cisterns. You're drinking from poisonous creeks. You're filling your life up with all these other things and it doesn't satisfy, but I want to tell you something. I have food and I have water that you don't know anything about. And she sarcastically said, well, give me this food. (laughs) She was just joking. And then he prophesied over her. Supernatural word of knowledge. He said, well, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right, you've had five husbands and the man you're with right now is not your husband. And she said, sir, I think you're a prophet. (laughs) He said, I'm more than a prophet. I'm the one you're waiting for. I'm the one you're actually longing for. I'm the one you really need. And so as awkward as it might be for me to stand up here and kind of meander through all this, I want to say to you what Jesus said on the last day of the feast in John seven thirty-seven: If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I don't know if your life is flowing or not, but the desire of every born-again believer that loves Jesus, whether that's where you're at or not, it's what you want. God wants to give you a hunger today, and all I can ask from you is to yield to that, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit a fresh touch of his presence. Ben, why would I want that? To desire him, to love him, to want to go back to a place where you love this book because it's more than a book. I mean, I'm giving my best sermons. I'm I'm giving as much as I have, but I'm just a guy. I'm just a man. You're just a man. You're just a woman. But God will give you something that'll take you beyond where you are, that'll touch you deeper than you're asking for, And that'll bring you further than you know you need to go. God will do that today. And all we can do is facilitate an encounter. That's all we can do. We can't make it happen. If you're like me, you've stood in line many times. You've come to the altar. You've (laughs) signed up. I've taken planes, trains, and automobiles and gone to conferences hoping that God would touch me in a specific way only to learn that God will touch me in the way that he chooses. I always wanted this thing to happen or that thing to happen, but then I realized like three days later after someone prayed for me or after my hunger took me to an altar, three days later I was walking and all of a sudden I had one of the greatest revelations of the word that I'd ever had. It was because he chose when to do it and what to do. So my expectation is completely on God, not in how or what, but in who and whenever he chooses. That's my expectation. And I would encourage you toward the same today. But if we're not people that position ourselves to receive, we are robbing the world of whatever God wants us to give to them because you do not give what you have not received. You need to receive. We need to receive. That's probably one of the most important things that we do here on the weekend is receive from God's word, is receive from God's spirit, is receive from God's people, is that we provoke one another to love and good deeds because we can't do this by ourselves. We need God to help us. We need each other to sharpen us. We need God. Well, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But I would ask you to stand. I'm going to have Jandy lead us back into some worship. Um, We're not closing the service, although I can't hold anybody here, and I would never try. That controlling people sounds really daunting to me. It's just not something I'm up for. I want to encounter God, and I want you to encounter God. And so while Jandy leads us in some worship, we're just going to do what we've, we never really do, and we're going to have an altar call. I don't know how much room we have up here, and I don't know if you would feel embarrassed to come forward or not, but I would tell you, who cares? <laughs> it's really about hunger. I've seen these young guys um, up front here. They've been here like four times this week. I love you guys. Is this number four? He's been here four times. He came here every single service. You don't have to do that. That's not what I'm saying. Don't mess up our 1130 service. Don't do <laughs> I want you to look at our, some of our young men over here. They've been here four times. I'm talking to you men in the room. When's the last time we were that hungry? I'm not too proud to let young people lead me into a new hunger. I'm not. Are you Hunger. Only God will satisfy. He wants to give you something today. I don't know what it is, but I know he wants to give you something. So as Jandy leads us, I'm going to stay up here. It'll be a little new and awkward and all that, but I'm going to ask you to come forward. Some of you need to come forward and our pastors are going to come and we're going to just lay hands on you and we're going to pray that a fresh touch of God would come upon your life and let him determine what that is. But we're asking for a fresh touch. And if you know, if you're in the room, you're like, Ben, I know I need that for me, for my world. I want it to touch my job. I want it to touch my home. I want it to touch everywhere I go and everything I do. I want him to bring me back into first love. Usher me in. Holy Spirit, be the wind at my back. No more striving or trying or getting up tomorrow, trying harder. Don't do that. Receive more. Surrender more. That's it. So if that's you today as Jandy leads us, just come forward. And we're going to lay hands on you. And it's going to be awkward and it's going to be beautiful. And awesome. amen, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We ask you to come in power. In Jesus' name, we come to you and we thank you for all that you're doing. We ask you to do more abundantly beyond what we could ask, think, hope, or imagine. Just fill aisles if you have to. That's fine. We're going to come around and lay hands on you. God, we pray that you would give us a hunger that we've haven't had for a long time, or maybe that we've never had before. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We pray for healing in this room this morning. We pray for deliverance, but Lord, it would be from you. We ask you to show up, God. We pray that you would show up in our lives. So come, come in power in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Northwest Church, go to our website, nwcfoursquare.org or download our app in any of the app stores by searching Northwest Foursquare Church.